How's it going, Gabe? Good. How you doing, Lee? Good. So this is the first one. Episode one. All right. We got pictures taken. We've got an intro taken, prepared. We have uh, bills to pay. We have bills to pay. <laughs> the lights are still on. That's good. That's good. We like to start with you, Lee, as to why you were interested in this podcast and what brought us together, I think, in that story. So we've known each other for a year, year and a half. Yeah. Something like that. Wow. Um, this is all with, uh, with our visiting of Reconnect Ministries um, here in Tustin. I've uh, known Eliseo and Jacob for, well, Jacob for longer than, longer than the 10 years I've known Eliseo, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but anyways, yeah. Started visiting their church, and lo and behold, there's somebody else who's also thinking about uh, having the dis- a discussion, having a discussion about faith, a discussion about culture, uh, society, politics, family, um, everything in between, I guess. And how those all intermix with the way faith intermixes with those right. aspects of our lives. Right. I think that's where we both were in agreement with. I think that's what really got us excited about doing this. Right. And we started with a small, interesting conversation here. And then we went to the, the trail. Mm-hmm. Where we had about a forty-five minute discussion of length and all the other various details that we won't go into now because <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> but in that, I think you, since then, have discovered things, and we've kind of talked, discussed over text. Speaking, hold on. Speaking, I'm gonna cut you off. But speaking of discovering things, yeah, I just heard you mention about your dad having a background in radio. Is that correct? Mm-mm. That wasn't me. Wasn't you? Mm-mm. You said something to Jacob just now about... Your dad told you something regarding radio. And then we looked at you funny. You're like, always get that funny look when I mentioned... Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, so when I would go to work with my dad, uh-huh. he would always have the radio on. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I could see how... <laughs> yeah. You thought I meant we went to his yeah. radio show. Okay. Yeah. But that would have been cool. Yeah. But also, I don't think it makes too much of a difference because no. we don't have to have that sort of background in <laughs> this. It. No, I'd, I'd say that because that's where I come from with my dad. He, his background is in Got radio it. broadcasting, so I thought, oh, oh what, a, what a what a small world that yeah. Gabe's coming from the same angle, too, but... That would have been so cool. Damn, sorry. I but anyway, it. no, yeah, I ruined it. I ruined it I didn't make it clear, but I was like, wait a minute. He just, I thought he just said about that. Anyways, um, yeah, so coming together, to, you know, a lot of time in between of the starting point and formulating thoughts. And so now we're here, finally. We finally made it to this po- yeah. point. Yeah. And I think. To kind of kind of put it into context is today and seven episodes 
or recordings from now will all be about whether we discover this will work and whether we discover what it is that is meant to come out of this mm-hmm. and our niche in in this process. I think we'll discover a niche in this process in that we'll have to listen and be very open to knowing what went well and what didn't go well. And that's where I'm coming from in all this. And I, maybe I can go touch a little bit about my journey to our conversation and then what happened sure. since then. Just to kind of give that um, context as well. So, like you said, we've known each other about a year and a half or so. And I've tried out other... I've tried to open another podcast or put one together essentially mm-hmm. with a group of friends that I have had loose relationships with in the sense that we weren't always hanging out. It wasn't a close knit group, although we've in knowing them, I've always felt like we can get along and we felt close. Like it was, we were always cool. We had a good camaraderie. All that was within the dynamics of the group. And I knew one guy in specific from high school and he introduced me to the, his friends which you know these are the guys I'm talking about now and we did about a dozen episodes that I was mentioning before there was a struggle to even figure out what we we're going to talk about the equipment we we're going to use how we we're going to upload it all those different aspects of putting a podcast together and finally got these mics that we're now using that we're using now one mic actually and discovered GarageBand took some classes so I was really invested in this but I think it wasn't the right time or the right people which is fine because I know if many of them are doing other things related to or not related to it and that's totally cool because this is what I think is meant for me in a sense I don't know yet we'll find out because this is my second round this feels more right in a lot of ways just because I know we're on the same page and it's just one other person and it makes it easier because we're having this dialogue at, like we had on the phone, like we had, I mean, over text message, over, you know, beforehand and in small conversations here. And so through that process, discovering what it worked, what has worked and what hasn't worked in a small sample size. I think that's the important piece to this. And backing up further from that is my enjoyment listening to the JRE experience the Jorogan experience podcast and and seeing what long form conversations can provide to a person that's listening on the other side of that conversation and knowing that that is what is needed especially when we come from a faith perspective because I think we were both in agreement, so that's the foundation of a lot of what we're going to be getting into when it comes to the culture and everything else. And in that is seeing if we can do it here. And knowing that I've had like a small experience with this other gentleman who had like the mic, he had the headphones, he had it all, like the full, the full getup. And, and being able to put those headphones on and hear my voice and his voice in my ears, directly in my ears, is a fascinating and amazing experience that I hope we get <laughs> to because it's so cool. Right. It's such a different 
feeling. And obviously what it helps is like get us away from all the outside noise and everything else. And in doing this, I think what we can help others is as we're going through this journey, hopefully that helps them through their journey. But also what I'm hoping is to discover who else out who else is out there that thinks similarly to us and would like to participate in this discussion. I think that would be interesting. And I know we've discussed about bringing people in and seeing where it goes from there. So I think that gets us to, for both of us, where we are today right now. Right. Would you say that's pretty accurate? That's about everything covered? That's the, uh, what do you call it? The footnotes? That would be the footnotes. The process? Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I mean, just as you're saying, in our conversations and being that, I guess we're both fans of podcasts in our, yeah. in our own right, individually, and there are some similarities there with, as far as, uh, I know you mentioned Joe Rogan, and um, I think you mentioned others as well, but I think the point of, of that too, at least from my end, is that... Um, these are conversations that they're taking place, but maybe they're not being broadcast. It's, there's nothing out there that I can point to that uh, I can see. Yeah, I can see this group or this person addressing these these issues mm-hmm. or these topics where, as you say, faith interacting with culture, with politics. Um, we do see that in, in glimpses like... Uh, the Babylon Bee, for example, you know, we see that on social media and their website. But in terms of a serious conversation, or not even serious conversation, but maybe just dialogue, just seeing the dialogue, hearing the dialogue of people interacting, trying to get, trying to formulate their thoughts of coming to faith and what does that look like in the real world? Yeah. You know, in your own life or in my life or in the family dynamics, you know, work life. So I think that's, uh, that's one of my goals with this too, is, is having, like, as you said, having a place where people can listen, people can interact with the conversations that you and I are both having together. And it'd be out in the public ear. Right. We're going to, right. We're going to definitely, um, receive criticism some of it positive, some of it negative. Hopefully, more positive feedback <laughs> as we as we go through this. Not but. likely, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's, it's the reality. Yeah, and I think uh, what you were saying right now reminded me of your transition from sports radio. Right, you talked a little bit. If you want to touch on that, yeah, that, that experience. So similarly, I had uh, different opportunities to start a conversation or podcasting um, within that world of sports, within that world of um, entertainment, I guess. And just nothing ever really came out of it. I've um, Twice I've been sought out, pursued to to potentially start, start something, but like you're saying, it just wasn't the right time or it wasn't what I had in mind exactly. But those conversations help me stir up uh, these thoughts or these ideas of, hey, what if I did get together and you know with somebody that's 
not necessarily like-minded, but somebody that has the same idea in mind as far as creating the space, creating an avenue for conversation. Because mm-hmm. at the time, yeah, even now, I mean, this, my interest in sports is no longer what it used to be in my 20s. Now that, you know, I hit my 30s and I'm married, you know, a lot of a lot has changed. Some, so. some could say you took a knee? <laughs> for sports, right? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're still there, obviously, with... I mean, I'm the commissioner of two fantasy football leagues, and you know that I have with my coworkers and my friends. But uh, yeah, that's definitely not a pressing it's issue. Not the like, focal point of your like life, like it is, like yeah. it once was. Yeah. Right? Um, but mainly, I, I, again, going back to why are we doing this? Why are we doing this podcast in, in terms of faith interacting with with uh, life or with um, society, culture, what have you? Um, for me, it's it's in the conversations that I've had with people, that I've had with friends and family, coworkers, um, just understanding or realizing, I guess, that yeah, these these conversations aren't really taking place as they should. Uh, to the church's credit, there are conversations that happen occasionally, maybe momentarily, um, but I do think that there's a lot that goes unsaid that should be said like I said you're at least I can speak for myself um, you know you're learning you know growing up in church you're learning mm-hmm. concepts you're learning values within um, the within the Bible you know you're, you're coming to faith through that process and and yeah you're learning you know what are the things that the Bible says now a lot of these things are happening in first century Rome and having to navigate through what was relevant in first century Rome mm-hmm. versus the 20th century, you know, 21st century, that those are very hard concepts when you think about the time frame, think about the, the difference in language, difference in culture, governments, what have you. Yeah. That's just a totally different technology transportation agriculture there's so much there's so much that goes on that goes that goes into it but um there's still a lot of truth in in biblical you know in the bible there's still a lot of biblical truths that should be looked at should be examined should be studied and how are they how are they relevant to today's world to yeah and i think even looking at the full bird's eye view of it is well, there's the good and the bad, and I think we have to play, we have to face that reality of the the bad, which we would attribute to human error, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think we, if we can, hopefully, pull apart the wisdom and the truth of Scripture from the <laughs> the unwisdom and the untruth of human <laughs> nature, and say. This scripture still can be true and good because from what we understand in Genesis and throughout, that's the case. But knowing that we are interacting with it, right, in a sense, if that makes sense. Maybe I can say it differently, but for the time being, for now, I think that makes sense. Is that we interact with that and hopefully intermix with it in our the renewal mind and all these different concepts that we will obviously get into is... Knowing that's the case is that 
what we see as human atrocity and evil and human goodness and um, what is it? Virtue. Virtue. And, and these other concepts over here is that's the ultimate battle ground we've we we're dealing with is that how do how do we take the 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 scripture in the bible to interact with our our world around us mm-hmm. and like you said there's first century rome versus 21st century california <laughs> very different geography very different time zone very different culture and language and food and everything else and knowing that we can see proof of scriptural wisdom and God's goodness from then to now and I think we hopefully can tease that out from either ourselves or from others we'll see how good this gets (laughs) but knowing that at least for me and thinking about some of the influences and maybe we can touch on a little bit the, the journey is thinking about going into school for my bachelor's degree and knowing that I wanted to study philosophy which in the definition of philosophy is the level of wisdom and I think that's the only definition I ever use because there might be other ones but I like that one the best (laughs) and knowing that there was always something to be discovered the truth that's the key piece to all this is how do we discover the truth and speak the truth to each other within ourselves and the broader world because that's the only thing that we can truly build up a, a firm foundation from right we'll get into all that the reasons why that's true and i think about how from high school after graduating well actually yeah after graduating high school we watched the movie angels and demons i believe it was or the divinity code the Tom Hanks movie? Yeah, the Tom Hanks movie, The Da Vinci Code. And in that movie, they talked about, or the plot was about the Illuminati versus the Catholic Church. And it was the scientists, the factual world, the humanly world, earthly world, versus the spiritual world, the faith world, which is the ultimate story that we still are facing today science versus religion and the illuminati were the scientists that were trying to kill the priest i believe it was but the point being there was that i was really interested in seeing okay what the heck is the illuminati i never heard of this before so i literally googled illuminati oh no <laughs> and from that point i started seeing these videos and started discovering different people and that has just kept going and going and going I was going to ask did you come out of the rabbit's hole yet or I think so I was able to stop I was able to what is it called plug some of these rabbit holes out because this wasn't productive for me and nor is it for anyone I don't know who yeah I don't know anybody (laughs) that find it productive but in that I was able to discover like Alex Jones and Matt Drudge and others and now a current influence of mine you know, Jordan Peterson and others like Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro, guys like that are in some ways, I would even attribute Rogan to some some faith 
even though he may not explicitly say it, I, mm-hmm. I see a lot of those qualities and we can touch on that too. But I think that's all interesting background. I don't know if you're able to think through that right now, um, but thinking about some of your background. Background, yeah, you could attribute some of the same voices. Um, but and as far as uh, faith is concerned, yeah, just I, I, I feel like we're we're getting a little bit into like our journey now, yeah, which is fine. Yeah, that's okay. I feel like it's pretty natural where we're at right now in the conversation and thinking about your journey, those influences, and how you got to this point in your life. You know, like <laughs> as best as you can. Yeah. Obviously, like there's a lot to it. Yeah. Um, in terms of faith, I definitely have to attribute where I'm at in terms of uh, frame of mind or I guess even you could say biblical understanding or biblical appreciation, I guess is the right word. I don't know. Uh, it would have to be with Pastor Eddie Sale, hmm. who I would definitely attribute as uh, as the time or the my first discipleship was under his pastoralship and with that came came about a lot of repentance a lot of uh, renewal of the mind I would also attribute the the title I guess if you want to title of teacher to my barber my barber is uh, somebody I've known for I don't know at least 10 to 12 years Uh, he was also um, somebody that had a lot of uh, spiritual influence in terms Mm of um, him being a former pastor former uh, minister somebody who went to seminary who has a background you know, in ministry, uh, he's also another person that I could attribute the title of teacher. So, you know, in the Bible, the way that the um, disciples and and others refer to Jesus as teacher, you know, somebody that taught them taught them the Word of God, or explained somebody that actually explained the Word of God to them mm-hmm. uh, in a in a very personal, one on one way, very intimate relationship. You can say, yeah, intimate relationship. I would attribute that to Eliseo and. And my barber, Alfredo. I think those are the two that... How did he go from... Pastorship to barbership? To barbership? Uh, barbership was his... Trade, I guess. Ah, okay. So... His, his means of financial... And his sales a teacher, literally. Literally. And teaching and... Spiritual teacher. Right. Whereas the barber... Your barber is a barber... By Got trade, it. Got it. right, okay. and he's actually now—I um, don't know how you would officially call this position or his title—but he essentially counsels and advises pastors. He's no longer a pastor. He's no longer, you know, has—he's not working in that capacity. But now his title, his ministry, if you could formulate it that way, is addressing the needs of ministry. People in ministry, pastors, and what have you. Is he a little older? He is about 
40s? I believe he's in his 60s. Okay. Maybe early 60s, maybe late 50s, something like that. So he's in a time in... We're getting a little into the thick of this, but it's interesting. Yeah. But he's, he's at a point in his life where he's learned so much and is able to be a mentor essentially correct in a, in a lot of ways to not even not not just you but to others who right. are early in their career I would imagine mm-hmm. looking to get into past pastoral pastoralship pastoral ministry yeah ministry that's pretty darn cool yeah I, I before him I had never that idea had never even crossed my mind as far as pastors having mentors or pastors having he's like somebody to counsel them he's a spiritual consultant well, right, and <laughs> I mean, biblically speaking, your the idea that comes to mind are elders, elders ah, of the church that there you go are there to assist a pastor or over over overseers. That's another way to put it. Overseers, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's the uh, the high priest. No. Mm, yeah, you could. Because they get in into the Old Testament. The, yeah, you could get in the Old yeah. Testament. Yeah, they get high into priest. the elder stage of their lives. Right. Which are looked at, right, for the wisdom, for counsel, for whatever. It's like the the judges. Correct. Right? You look towards the judges to deliver the the law or to continue the law and know the law. Studying the law. Yeah. So the same idea, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, as far as process is concerned, that would... I would say within the last... That's been my process within the last eight to ten years. As far as um, being under Eddie Sales' ministry and hearing the things... I guess his approach to scripture. That's mm-hmm. another way to put it as far as um, thinking outside of the box. As far as what I was more... The orthodox more in a sense? To. Not necessarily, Maybe but... I would say... Out of the mainstream? Main, yeah. Views? Because my background is... Um, for my family, my family background, myself, um, it was under a oneness organization. And it, it's an organization that stemmed out of the... Uh, this is the Street Revival. We talked about it back in 19... Gosh, early 1900s. Anyways, <laughs> uh, for my family background, that's that's where um, that's where I look to as, as far as my my grandparents being in ministry and my great even my great grandparents having a role too. Um, but even in my schooling, early childhood development was at a Baptist school, so I do. I do have some. I don't want to say a very deep understanding, but I do have a wide spectrum of influence or interaction with different uh, religious churches views and yeah. or in, within Christianity. Yeah. I guess yeah. So that there, that's the beginning. That's of you know, being in Sunday school and inter- irritating my one of my aunts because hmm. she was a Sunday school teacher and. I'm correcting the kids when they're trying to answer questions because I'm in I'm in Sunday school all day at you know at this Baptist school so you know it's very very infuriating for some of my Sunday school teachers growing up I can recall I can remember but but yeah that's that's been my 
I guess my pro- some of my process or my journey towards um, faith and formulating my thoughts with again with how how are these biblical truths interacting with what I'm actually doing in life and what I'm seeing in society and culture mm-hmm. um, but yeah I would in agreement with you as far as um, Jordan Peterson I mean that you can see right just everything that he's gone through in the last what two years three years three years I mean from his uh, refusal to abide by compelled speech yep the compelled University speech. of Toronto no, well the the state of no the country country <laughs> the state of Canada the state of Canada <laughs> uh, America's hat <laughs> yeah America's hat it was the Canadian human rights tribunal law that said you must call someone by the preferred pronoun if you don't you get thrown in jail or fine or whatever the penal penal code stated and he refused to do so because of compelled speech and from his studies in he wrote a book maps and meaning prior to 12 rules for life and understanding what it meant in especially in genesis about the spoken word and that being good and that being something in uh, uh, as as someone born in the image and likeness of God we have that quality to us and it's in something that we in the US we have freedom of speech and so they they don't have that over there I don't believe in Canada they have freedom of expression but not to the extent that we do not with the same weight but he understood it as like a human interacting with one another that we're going to stumble over our words. We're not going to know exactly how to articulate ourselves clearly, all these different things. But then on the other flip of that is on the other side of that is us knowing that we can't have government tell us what to say and what not to say. I think that was his, the legal framework of it as well. What's, um, it's definitely dangerous territory in terms of. Um, you know, now we're getting into politics, but that's fine. <laughs> we weren't planning on it, but in terms of uh, the idea of natural law, right? So, just because, in this case, civil law, just because the law says it's okay or not okay, is not a grounds for morality. Because this is this is a. Actually, an idea or a thought that my cousin told me. Um, when you think about slavery, think about concentration camps. Those, all those things were legal yeah. at the time that they took place, and their culture and those societies and though and that government institution, it was considered legal. So, and again, going back to what you what you're saying in terms of accepting or in terms of acknowledging that's a better word acknowledging that we're creating the image of God and we're seeing we're seeing that image being violated how are we going to react to it and I think I I would like to think that our conversations are going to stem from that a little bit yeah I think so definitely but I mean that's, that's yeah that's the beginning yeah it's funny because 
I think how in the last, I don't know, however long now, months, I've really noticed and have been, I think that's one thing that always comes to mind when I think of Peterson and I think about it, it's all over the scripture of, you know, meditate on day and night. Jordan Peterson would say, pay attention, like pay attention. And I think that's a harsher way of saying meditate on day and night, <laughs> in my opinion. But I think about that and how I've noticed this importance of individuals or people, societies, all that, needing to be able to communicate and articulate themselves in a way that makes sense. Because there are ideas that need to be spoken when we are in obedience and we know we have the green light to say what the truth is in that moment. But knowing how to deliver it is, is I think, the real, can be a real issue. It can We can stumble over that. And I think in a lot of ways, that's why I like to listen to podcasts and I like to listen to the app Bible is or is it's a podcast or it's an audiobook of the Bible mm. I think for me hearing it it helps me to digest it better and easier even though I can read books like just regular non-fiction yeah I think they're mainly non-fiction mm-hmm. which a lot of the books that Peterson has suggested I'm reading and books that I've liked from high school but my point there is that I think that's another reason that I'm very interested in this is that we're able to figure out, okay, how we're going to talk about ideas. And I think that's our process in this too, is like, how are we going to talk through scriptural truth and that reality that plays out in our broader world and our broader society and our individual lives first and foremost, obviously is starting with us as in the individual and I think that is for me what I've noticed is that I've seen how important it is for us to be able to communicate ideas especially the truth that comes from the Bible and I think that's embedded within this and and the reasons why I'm interested in all this is because I see the importance of it and I think hopefully it would help others to be able to articulate the same way I think Peterson has helped me to be able to understand and articulate scriptural truth because of his angle. And I'm hoping that we can find that same something, same, I don't know, niche essentially. Mm-hmm. I think that for me is important. Yeah, I mean, you hit on something right now as far as having these thoughts I mean formulating these thoughts or ideas yet those thoughts and ideas aren't going to go anywhere if you're not having a conversation I'm not even at the next you know the last step is the the do the doing part right doing the actual work but yeah definitely in agreement with that as far as having the discussion having the dialogue is actually going to help you formulate thoughts as well because going back to to Peterson with one of his rules right is uh, rule number nine Uh, Mm. assume that the person that you're speaking to knows something that you don't so 
that I mean, there's so much to unpack just with that statement, right? You're, it means that you're curious. It means that you're courageous enough to have a question and to be open-minded and to act that out. Act out what is it that I'm looking for? What is it that I'm asking? And actually seeking help. Actually um, going to somebody. Uh, it just comes... Social media just comes to mind right away when, in terms of, I think of uh, some people that I follow that, I'm, I don't know if it's happened to you, but it could be a, it could be a tweet, it could be a post, story, video, what have you, and, and I think we had a discussion too about social media that it's still an early on phenomenon, Yeah, that we don't know exactly what it's going to look like in the future, what it means, how significant it is right now. I mean, well, I guess a little bit with um, what we saw and what we, we have been seeing in London and Europe as far as social media posts being used against their own people, you know, in terms of uh, law prevention or crime prevention, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But no, in seeing, in seeing social media, like you're saying, we don't always know how to formulate our thoughts because you know I see the posts of people that I follow and I can't help but think it's a cry for help mm, and, that's interesting and they don't know exactly how to formulate their thoughts they don't know who to go to and they're broadcasting this out into the world for everybody to see and I mean with with social media um Sometimes it's just a playground for people, you know. People's anonymity takes hold, takes form, and it's uh, it's definitely become a mask for some people. Yeah, I know some people take it seriously and others don't, but that's how we get trolling, right? That's how we we Peppa the Frog. <laughs> yeah. So and whatever else. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, I'm definitely I'm on the same page as far as what you said about actually having a discussion actually questioning uh, how does this biblical truth how can we apply this to our life how can we even before application how do we even formulate these thoughts how can we you know and I think it is through searching through the truth it is going to happen it has to happen through dialogue sometimes it happens within your own self your own thoughts you know your own formulating of of ideas and plans what have you but it's definitely you're going to be better suited with like I was just mentioning about Eliseo and my barber mm-hmm. with a mentor with somebody who's done it before who's seen that and I mean there's so much that so much that goes in line with that and as far as mentorship encouragement fellowship fellowship love trust I mean there's just so much that that's at stake I guess yeah I was listening to Ravi Ravi Zacharias yeah he's really good super intelligent (laughs) very articulate another Canadian another Canadian (laughs) Canadians got a lot of going for them but they just don't know how to take advantage of all these intelligent skilled intellectuals (laughs) but you know him and Eric Metaxas uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him no he he's interesting 
he's a he's a Christian and interviewed him and and others but with Ravi he mentioned the four or five incarnations of love or or okay. types of love like agape phileo and all anything. yeah and i think that really I, i've heard it before i believe in one of my philosophy classes okay and the, and i think it was great to hear that again because it really helped me understand how there are different types of love and he his point in, in explaining the types of love friendship um relationship wait no like intimacy love with your spouse or your partner and then there's like friendship love there's familial love and then there's god's love i forget agape the agape i believe it's agape yeah and he said without the agape you have no other type of love you have no relational love you have no um i forget but point is is that without the agape love all the other love fades away because he attributed obviously we can agree and it's in found the scripture that agape love god's love is a source for all of us and without that we have another type of love and i think that in that when hopefully we'll get into that piece of it is understanding that we are not to attribute to our wrong and our rights meaning we can't attribute what we do well to ourselves nor what we do bad and we i think we had discussions we had the discussion yesterday i believe in the book club but how we are you know we have seeds of ideas you know from god or from the deceiver people call satan or or the devil and how we interact with those ideas and those imaginations and whichever we allow to flourish and grow and we we allow to produce fruit then we will know where that came from and so i think his point in in saying that agape love without that without god's love all the love ceases to exist he talked about yeah he was talking about like um you know sex becomes perverted and friendships become exploitative um, relationships become dom- um, become what's that word like not domestic violence but abusive without God's love because it's no longer a, a good love essentially it's, a, it's not done with God in mind it's a distorted love yeah there you go so I thought that was really fascinating so yeah just a quick look up of there's three agape phileo eros there so agape yeah. would be as you mentioned God's love phileo would be brotherly love there and eros go. is erotic love there you go yeah uh, but but yeah that, that that was when you were saying that I was thinking well yeah that's why it, it makes sense for the saying that, that says God is love so it, it's making it I guess it's just making it clear that yeah God is the source God is the definition God is the the framework of love that we're supposed to glean from in order to make sense of you just mentioned these different relationship dynamics uh, that's another it's funny you mentioned that's another dynamic that came up yesterday in our book club but in terms of truth and how I had mentioned that it's 
can be beneficial to me if I'm truthful with my wife yeah more than I am with anybody else and in terms of my life in my household my spouse it's going to make the most sense that I approach it in the through the lens of truth through the eyes of right uh, what, truth and love that's yeah. what that's what we covered yesterday truth and love so yeah it's it, I look at it as like the hierarchy you have God at the top through marriage your wife or husband and then you have your kids if you have kids and then you have your intermediate family your sisters your brothers your parents and then you have your extended family and then you have your friends and then your co-workers and then the community <laughs> and then broader society mm-hmm. and you can see at every level what how paramount truth is to all of them but like knowing that you have to start from that place from the top and extend your way down that's how I always imagine in my mind the order is not exact it's not scientifically no, I, that, proven that that's how it works but that's kind of how the in, framework works in for me the, yeah and in those terms it does make sense that it's trickling down I guess but at the same time we're looking upward right that's yep. another that's, I guess that when you were describing it at least that's what came to mind for me that yeah that makes sense we're having to look upward or aiming upward yeah yeah we have to aim high yeah yeah cause it's like we if you want to look at our place in it like we are in every place of that so we need to, we need to exist at all levels I think that's what Peterson talks about like at all levels simultaneously you know with our eyes above the horizon and knowing that that's just our singular hierarchy and then that is interacting with everyone else's hierarchies and the importance you have within the hierarchy is based off of those relationships that you have whereas with you know the relationship you have with God obviously that's paramount to all other relationships because that like we've talked about the agape love filters through all that but does that make sense I'm, just, I, I'm well, trying right. to visualize this I guess right I mean example that came to mind for me was somebody that's already married already has children and they have a certain definition of love or understanding of love and for them to come to faith I think they would experience love very differently or have a different appreciation for love or deeper meaning it's deeper understanding of love because of their they're coming to faith because of their walk because of now hopefully right right, that's at least that's the yeah that's the idea that's the goal in mind because obviously there is humility that plays a part in it there is the renewal of the mind letting go of deceptions that we talked about yesterday the lies and thinking that this could be truth but when it's not because if you think about okay we take that idea into context with different times where before women weren't allowed to vote it was okay to hit your spouse or it was okay to hit your kids or it was okay to have slaves or an indentured servant 
servitudes? Mm-hmm. No, indentured servants. It was okay to have um, slaves. I said that already. I'm repeating myself a little bit here. It's okay. Uh, it was okay to, <laughs> in Russia, to have political prisoners and have them starve and work towards essentially nothing. What is it? Uh, we pretend to work, you pretend to pay us. And then in Germany was... Old Russian the, joke. Yeah, it was an old Russian joke there. You know, Nazi Germany, same thing. It was, like you talked about earlier, it was legal. These are all legal factors. What was my point with this? Is that truth and deception mm-hmm. played a part in all that. Because the individual, I think that's what Solzhenitsyn talked about, and I think that's what Viktor Frankl talked about. It, it, it all came down to the level of the individual and knowing that they need to speak uprightly, chapter or rule one. But I think the, the whole love piece of it is for the, maybe maybe I'm trying to attribute to them that that's how they express their love when that's not entirely the case. Because I guess in that, okay, in that is that they actually had family and friends and people they loved and cared for and then turned around and did horrific things. I think that was my point with that whole piece. Right. Is that despite Martin Luther King's journey to get equal equal rights equal rights apparently now and we're discovering that he went on his wife and he hit her hit her and all that and then we know about the adultery affairs the adultery affairs we know about the, the Dalai Lama no 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 who, who was in India that starred himself Against the British government. I think that was the Dalai Lama. Was it the Dalai Lama? I believe so. Gosh, I can't remember. But apparently he wasn't... As a, as a protest. As yeah, a, as a protest. Yeah. Apparently he wasn't the best person either. Right. So they were expressing love for their beliefs, but were in human error and other actions. I think that was what I was trying to get at. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah. You can take what you want from there and try to make it work. <laughs> But um, we're working through this. And I feel like we're already in the thick of it. We've gone past while we're doing this, too. Yeah. We're doing this. Okay. Uh, yeah. In, in term, yeah, in terms of love, because what I was going to... The point that I was going to make or get to in terms of somebody coming to faith and having... I guess it's a good way of putting it. Their mind renewed. We mentioned... Uh, is um, trying to, Lee Strobel. I don't know if you've heard of Lee Strobel. Sounds familiar. He was for the longest time a writer for the Chicago Tribune, and he was within their their legal or justice department. Mm-hmm. And he had done investigative. He was an investigative journalist and. Um, him and his wife, when they got married, they were they were non-believers, both of them. And I guess one of his neighbors in their apartment building was giving her testimony to his spouse, his wife. And eventually his wife came to faith. And 
he had a huge uh, disagreement, essentially. And his whole his whole approach was, or his whole uh, gripe was, now that my wife's a Christian, she's no longer going to be any fun. She's no longer <laughs> going to be a good a good wife. She's no longer going to, you know, meet my needs, and she's going to disappear and be the complete turn into this completely different person because of this cult. And in actuality. What ended up happening was she actually became a better spouse to him. Even though he was not of faith, he was rejecting any kind of ideas of of coming to faith. He was still an atheist. Uh, he finally got to the point, I don't know if it was a motivation by anger, motivated by um, disgust or what have you, but he eventually, using his background as a investigative journalist, and his background in law, he went out and he investigated the life of Christ. So he looked into, is this historically accurate? Was there actually a man from Nazareth, Nazareth in first century Rome that claimed to be the son of God? And did he actually perform these miracles? How accurate are these miracles, these accounts? And did he actually die and resurrect three days later and it was through that journey through that process that he got to the point of faith because he could know because of his findings because of his investigation he got he reached the point where he could no longer he no longer had an argument for not believing is there a book he has it's the what is it the case for christ the case for christ by lee strobel lee strobel you can borrow, I have it. You can borrow it. It's okay. That sounds super interesting. Point. But yeah, this was back in the 70s, 80s. Uh, I actually heard him speak last week at a Harvest OC. He, he was uh, oh. the guest speaker. Yeah. Last week for... I think he may have mentioned... Oh, wait. I, I was gone. Have, I might have mentioned it somewhere in our conversations. Yeah. But, but yeah. It was, so cool. But in terms of, of love, in terms of truth, it's just interesting that his first reaction to his wife becoming a believer was she's not going to be my my wife anymore. She's going to be this member of a cult and she's no longer going to love me the same. She's no longer going to... She's going to be more conservative in yeah, her yeah. sexuality. Right, right. there were so many concerns. And then lo and behold, she actually becomes a better spouse that he, he felt very inadequate with. In terms of She's now Christian, and I thought she was going to be dedicated to her church or what have you. In, in actuality, he, he felt very inadequate with the type of husband that he was, the type of person that he was, because of... How well she treated him. How well, how good of a spouse she became yeah. because of Christ, right? And that pushed him to go discover the truth. <laughs> the truth, yeah. Not only by himself. The, the truth was there living in his, you know, right next to him. Yeah. The whole time. and But how fascinating that, like, he discovered the truth not only about Christ, but about himself. Right. Because in that relationship, he discovered how inadequate he was. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. So he had to let that go, those lies go, <laughs> for him to be... Somewhat adequate, maybe. Maybe he wasn't super adequate. We have to ask his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Interview. <laughs> How, yeah. <next. laughs> but that's so cool. 
It reminds me, I don't know why it does, but it reminds me of Finding Nemo. Because the movie isn't about Finding Nemo. It's about Dorothy finding herself. And it's about it's about the dad, Marlon, coming to a realization, coming to a point where fear can no longer be his motivation for how he goes about life. That too. That too. Because literally, yeah, they both went on that journey, Dorothy and the father. Yeah. But in that, she discovered who she was. I don't know why I like that. Because it's totally, it's totally like implicit in the title because it's like Finding Nemo. Right. When it should be like Finding Dorothy. And you know what Nemo means? And I learned this from... Mm-mm. Only Son? No, no. Oh. From... Uh, oh my gosh. What's... Captain Phillips? The Tom Hanks movie where he plays uh, the captain of that ship. Saving movie. Private Ryan? No, 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 no. Captain Phillips. Oh, I never saw it. Okay, so he, he plays the captain and he's the captain of a... I don't know if it's an oil rig or if it's a shipping... Um, shipping ship. What, what am I saying? <laughs> a shipping ship. Shipping ship. Those, those big ones that go, at, at least in the last decade, they were... They had to travel around the Horn of Africa. Mm, okay. And Somalia, I believe? Yeah, Somali pirates. So his story is he's going through the Somali pirates. Anyway, I need to make this shorter, sorry. At, at the very end when he's being rescued and there's a negotiation being, dialogue between the terrorists, the captors, and I believe they were Navy SEALs or part of the Navy. The interpreter that's interacting, the, the negotiators interacting with the terrorists, is when he's asking them for their name, the terrorist asking for his, for his name, he says, my name is Nemo. And in the intel process, the reason why his name is Nemo is because Nemo means I'm nobody. It's interesting that going back to Finding Nemo, saying it's implicit in the title, but the actual story is not about Nemo. The actual story is about his dad and it's about Dory and their process and their journey not that Nemo doesn't have a journey but yeah it's his interest anyways I, I, I don't know why I, when I heard that in the movie Captain Phillips I obviously went back to Nemo and I was thinking I'm like oh okay so maybe there's more to what you're saying there's more to the story than than meets the eye yeah because it, <laughs> the reason why I brought that up because it sounded like for them too it wasn't about them it was about Nemo. Right. A.K.A. Jesus Christ. You you saw that with... Am I am I totally going off course here? Or is that totally their, not making any it's sense? It's their journey. It's their process. But then right. Nemo is like, I am nobody either, though. No, but... They also had to go through a process of self-discovery. A process of... Like I said... I guess for Neil, for not for Neil, for Marlon, there's essentially a renewal process, a repentance process of as much as I love my son, as much as I have lived with this tragedy of losing my my wife and kids, and all I have left is my son to protect and to what is the term helicopter parent. Mm-hmm. It's because of that journey that he rediscovers himself or he rediscovers the truth that that's no way to live it's no operating under fear is no is that's not living in truth that's not living debilitating it's, right yeah 
Wow, we really dissected Nemo. Finding Nemo. Yeah. That's really interesting, though. Nemo <laughs> in that movie was I Am Nobody. I Am Nobody. That is yeah. so cool. Totally brings this to light in a different way. Can't believe we just went through an hour? I can't believe we just went through an hour. It feels like 15, 20 minutes. I swear, when we first started, I was like, oh, okay, let's see how we do this. 30 <laughs> minutes. How do you feel? Well, good. Yeah? Yeah. Do you got to get going? Are you... No, I'm just... I just wanted to point out that we got an hour in. You got an hour in. When, only... our, when our goal was 30 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, we were, we were only planning for 30, so... You got more than you bargained for, I guess. At this yeah, point. you got bang for your buck. Don't forget, people. No. <laughs> we got bills to pay. Yeah, so if you could support. No, I, I think, I, I think we're through the dialogue discovering wh- how we're gonna manage this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's making more sense for me. Like it's becoming clear as we continue going through this. I think the first dialogue we had was trail. the trail, and then we had the this bookstore, the bookstore, and now we're here in the room. The room, <laughs> and it's so funny because I think that's how it works. Like that's how life works. It's a journey of in it of itself. Yeah, process. I think that's how we should all operate, knowing that it takes time and it takes paying attention, it takes listening, it takes obedience of faith to know that you're on the right course. Otherwise, it will be corrected. It won't work out like we've talked about earlier. We both have gone through similar experiences where it just wasn't the right time, the right people, that plays a factor. Because I always think of this as, or I always think in life that if I, if it, we talked about uh, uh, the Sabbath, I think we talked about today too that the priest wore linen because God didn't want to see priests sweating because then it was them doing the work, not God. Hmm. So I always think of, and the, my, my way of thinking about that idea is if it feels like I'm going up a hill, then it's not the right. Like it feels so difficult. Like it feels like I'm. If it's difficult, like nothing's going right. Like we all all have those situations happen to us. Right. Then you know, like okay, this isn't. There's way too much resistance. Yeah, there's yeah, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. There's too, way too much resistance. It just to stop. It just didn't. The pieces didn't come together yeah. like a puzzle. Just, they just didn't have the right edges. They didn't have the right shapes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. If there's too much resistance, then what you're doing isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Stop. Go back if you have to. Man. See, now, now you're hitting on way too many things, Gabe. Because now <laughs> thinking of relationships in my life and trying yeah. to force relationships that weren't meant to... I don't want to say meant to be, but they just were way too difficult at the time. And they were just too much to handle. And I had no idea. I was totally clueless. Yeah. And you're still trying. You're still like, man, I really... You know, even if... In, I mean, anything, right? Like work, school. Like, I want to get into this class. Or I want to get into this... You know this job, and it's not—it's just not making sense. It's not coming together. It's not—it's not happening. On it. Like you're saying you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna put your effort behind it. You're gonna put, you know, your time into it. But at the same time, 
some things are better served when they click, when they actually, you know, it's becoming tangible on its own, organically or. How is it? How is it said? Like when all things come together for for good, all that God works all things. All God works all, all things. Something. But in, in terms of, um, but I'm I'm not. Yeah, yeah. It's oh my goodness. We're gonna get all better thing, at this. All things come together for good to those that love God. There you go. I forget the broader context of that, but. Just that line in of itself. Yeah, that's that, that's a conversation I just had recently with my friends about how many Christians can you walk up to and they could recite a verse word by word and they tell you the book and the chapter and the verse. Is that few a, and far between? Is that how we is that how we define Christianity right today? You know, right right there and then is that how you can define it? And, oh, and for me, I said. I put myself in this category that I am not my memory doesn't serve me that well in terms of word for word I can tell you the book I can tell you the chapter the verse number that's just not it's a weakness I guess but that's not my strength my strength is probably more along the lines of I know what it says in this chapter I know the theme in this chapter and I know that this portion connects with this other verse in the Old Testament or in a different book or a different author. And, you know, that's just, again, going back to Eliseo, going back to my barber, Alfredo, learning, learning their, their wisdom, their biblical understanding is, you know, this is what the Word of God says here. Now, it also says something similar, but it's a little bit different in this area. Mm-hmm. How are we going to reconcile the two? And that, I think, is where my interest is more so in terms of biblical um, study. Or um, and that's very important, I think. <laughs> Sorry, I, another one. No, no, I think that. that's very important to state because that helps me understand your process. Okay. Because I think through this process, <laughs> we'll have to know this. Because I think for me. What has helped me? Wow, I said me twice. That's me three too? times. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. I don't know. We'll figure that part out later. <laughs> but we'll definitely want to touch on that for sure. Uh, not physically. Metaphorically. <laughs> Wait, are the, is this is this where you're shoehorning in your dad jokes? <laughs> yes. Is, we've come to that point in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think you're relaxed now, right? You're I'm more very relaxed. <laughs> Once the dad jokes come into play, then we're we're in this. Uh, everybody, if you're listening for the first time, you've now met Gabe for the first time as well. The, <laughs> the, the dad jokes will be probably exclusively provided by Gabe. Yeah. Uh, I might come in here and there with the dad jokes, but that's definitely. Day, uh, that's, that's definitely Gabe's corner. If I that's Gabe's that. corner. That's for sure. <laughs> I'll leave the lights on. Yeah. Motel Six. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to pick on you. No, no, it's so. Hey, let's go together. And I, threw, I wanted to throw in the, the Gabe's corner some way somehow, and I was like, hey, we're we're, we're alluding to Gabe's corner. Just <laughs> we'll we'll find out later what happens with that. But I but I think for me through Jordan Peterson. I've ha- I've had a better lens at looking at scripture. Mm-hmm. So for me that's my process. That's your 
perspective, my perspective, my approach. And I think for me, that's made it way more digestible. And I mentioned I listen to it now through the app and King James Version, which I actually like the best, to be honest. May I ask? King James? Yes. It's very... I love King James as well. It's very direct. That's it. Very to the point. And it's because of its old English sounding... Well, it is old English, but... Because of that component, to me, it's very poetic, too. It's poetic, just, elegant. I think Joe Rogan touched on that a little bit, yeah. too, with uh, the Westboro Baptist lady. I forget her name. Anyways, I was going to ask, who is the narrator or the speaker for your version of the... They're different people. KJV? Okay. It's really weird because... I, I, I think I might have one that... Maybe, well, I shouldn't say they... You may or may not like the one that I have for the New Testament. I don't know. If, like, we guess we can discuss that offline. offline yeah. yeah, no, but yeah, I, I think I think that's interesting because we touched on this. I forget. I think on Wednesday about talent or gifts. gifts. Yeah, and I think for us to know how our gifts are. What am I trying to say here? Well, coming alive. Coming yeah, alive. I think like how we receive information is my point. Not about the gifts necessarily, but just like how your process is very different than my process, but we can still come to the same conclusions, or the we can still interact with the same truth, or like, we can still interact with the truth. Yeah, I should say, and it still makes sense for ourselves. The truth exists. God exists. The wisdom exists. But the way we interact with it, the way we digest, the way we understand it will be very much exclusive to our experiences, our language, the way our brain, our DNA, all that. And I think that's important to to understand for people that are listening to know that that's the case because it's not always going to look the same for everyone. And I think for me, that was always the thing is that I don't like the preacher someone like up front just saying things and that's another reason why I like reconnect and I like the podcast is because it's a discussion it's a dialogue and I in that process I discovered that I learn better that way mm. because you know material when you can speak about it and teach, teach it right and I think for me I've always missed that especially when it comes to education I've always had a struggle with when it when it comes to like studying and reading and just writing papers because there's no dialogue in that there's no interaction. articulation interaction yeah because yeah. then where was it iron iron sharpens iron iron sharpens sharpens iron and I think that's I don't know how many people I would imagine the vast majority since we are storytellers intrinsically mm-hmm. we've only been reading for the last I don't know how many years you know the the print Gutenberg Guten, yeah that's that's what out of 18 16 we, we can have someone correct us <laughs> we have computers but yeah. that's not our jobs yet right now <laughs> we'll get there but I think that's all important pieces to lay out and for people to hear because I think that for me was always a struggle in not being able to read it directly because I've had, well, I have an uncle who I remember sitting there with references, reference books, 
And he was one of those individuals that can say this book, this chapter, this verse, this is what it said. And this is what it said over here about the same thing. Maybe they didn't mesh, maybe they did mesh, what have you. And I always was fascinated and, and intrigued by that because for me, reading it directly, I just couldn't, couldn't, it didn't jive with me. It didn't connect. It didn't connect, yeah. And not until Peterson, I think, helped to put words and ideas and concepts and package them in a way and that were really applicable to me at least right because then because then you're getting into it's interesting I was just listening to R.C. Sproul I don't know if you've heard of him he's a no a preacher theologian teacher he actually passed away within the last year I want to say but it was getting into what you just said as far as um Biblical application or biblical understanding and how some in apologetics, his topic was apologetics. And he said in some circles, apologetics, they're going to say that the Bible is true because it says so. And he said the problem with that, with that idea, not that it's wrong or incorrect, but then you're going to get that same statement from the Book of Mormon. You're going to get the same statement from the Quran mm-hmm. as far as it's the word of God because it says it's the word of God. And so there's a lot more that we have to unpack, that we have to go through. Like like in your example of your uncle, that's, you can memorize the book, the verse, and that's there's a lot of value in that. But at the same time, if we have that gift... Yet, we lack the understanding. Mm. We lack the... And we were just listening to that, right, on Wednesday. But if we lack love, then it's all for nothing. So it's within... Again, this is going back yeah. to the purpose of this dialogue. It's... What is it saying? Why does it say that? And how does this make sense for for me in my life or or again how does this make sense at the time and today and for somebody else and so yeah, there's a lot to unpack other than just taking it word for word I mean you can you can go that route but I think there's a lot more to be found in you know questioning like, you're, like for you you're questioning okay well why does it say that yeah what does this mean and I and I would like that's one of my hopes I guess with with our discussions is to have a place to have that conversation to have that excuse me have that discussion of why does it say that and where do we go from here yeah I think that's I think that's why I imagined or I'm, I'm imagining I think that's why people have a hard time interacting with it because it's so complicated there's so much in there <laughs> you can't get a ninth grader to read a four of 200 page book and write a five page paper on right 66 books you know yeah let's talk about that there's just, there's it, the bible is composed of 66 books right and within those books are verses no chapter Verse. It's book, chapter, verse. Yeah. So it's 
the book of John book of John chapter 2 and then the verse Mm -hmm. and it's that within the 66 books you know all ideas and wisdom and truth that leads to Jesus and I haven't even I know I don't know if you all have discussed the what is it not the rapture revelation book of revelation but that's more future looking right kind of like predictive in a sense Uh, it deals a lot with the end times with uh, prophecy yeah prophecy there you go right so there's that right It, it kind of spreads across this timeline in the book at least but we we can talk about like God's mm-hmm. qualities and I think about how what am I thinking about right now I'm almost losing it but it's still there but I'm just thinking how like how complicated it is and, and how there's 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 a lot of moving pieces in that we're not only discovering the truth but we're discovering that truth as it exists within us and then all the different facets of that because it plays into humility, love. There's all these different metaphors. There's all these, you know, political. There's economics in there. That, that, that that's the reason why we want to talk about this because there's right. so much in there. I think that we miss. I mean, at least as far as I can yeah, tell. Yeah, because then you and then you get into people that say, "Well, I only read the King James version because there's verses. There's things that the." KJV says that if you look at the translation in another verse version, it's not the same. They're not saying the same thing. And then you get into the separation of denominations. And so there's one school of thought saying one thing, and then there's another school of thought. And then sometimes there's even a third or fourth school of thought. And so yeah, it's it's a very uh can be a very complicated thing to navigate through. And then you have within that the the Quran? No, that's that's Islam. Yeah, the Quran. Quran's Islam. Yeah. It, no. What am I thinking about? Torah? Torah. Sorry. Excuse me. The Torah. So you have the Torah within that context as well, because that's a factor. Right. And how there's some disagreement, obviously. I think right. the, the fundamental disagreements in there. Just, just ask Ben Shapiro. Yeah, there you go. Ask Ben Shapiro. He'll <laughs> tell you. He knows it all. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, okay, there's that. There is the idea that it was first written in which language? I forget. Hebrew, now. Aramaic. So it was written in these ancient languages. Yeah. I would say ancient because right. we don't really learn or speak these languages. And then you have, over time, the different interpretations of them and the different factions, you know, the Mormons, the JWs, mm-hmm. the Jehovah Witnesses, the Baptists, the Seventh-day Adventists, yeah. the, I forget the other ones, but there's a you're, lot. If you're getting the Greeks. The Greeks. The Greek Orthodox. No, I, I'm actually talking about the <laughs> the Greeks, like the actual Greeks. Alexander the Great, right, paved the way before the Romans, and so everybody spoke Greek in the region. And so now, yeah, like you're saying, we have these ancient books in Hebrew, Aramaic, and then oh, guess what? We're also going to throw in Greek in there too. For, yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, it makes sense why people have a hard time. But I think, I think they're all still. I think the I like to think of it as like the spirit of the truth is still within the Bible. Yes. And it's existed for how long now? And it's still around. And people are being prosecuted for this well, it, book, but also the faith, you know, all that. I mean, just just think of it. I mean, you can go to any part of scripture and see the human interaction, the human element, the human component, component, human struggle. And those are all things that are still happening today. We're still dealing with jealousy. We're still dealing with hate. We're still dealing with anger, anger and... I mean, there's just so much that it's speaking on. Yeah, the language is different. The culture is different. Society is different. But the human heart hasn't changed. We have... I mean, look what we're doing now. We're talking into a computer. <laughs> but we're still dealing with the same emotions, the yeah. same struggles, the same... I mean, not same illnesses, but illness is still a huge factor. I think that's important to point out, too, is the human element to the stories. Right. And the atheist uh, group or perspective would say, look at this. It says it's okay to have servants or slaves. It's okay to murder whatever the f- example is. Yeah. And say that's that's why, I, you know, God's bad. Why does God allow evil to happen in the world? All these yeah, negations of God. You, I was going to ask. I don't hope you don't mind me jumping in, but do you see that as an excuse, or do you see that as a petty reason not to go forward? Because I'll give you an example for me. Um, being where I stand politically, right there, there are companies that I disagree with for political reasons, political views. But could you imagine if I were to say, I'm no longer going to buy this product because I know where their CEO stands. Hmm. And then the next day, news comes out about a different product that I buy on a weekly basis. And I say, you know what? Forget those guys. I'm not buying from them either. That's a very uh, strenuous way to live. If you're fixated on the very minute I mean I'm not saying you know we shouldn't have any kind of yeah belief or any kind of uh, stance but at the same time is that really gonna you're really gonna make yourself that much of a zealot that much of a passion fundamentalist yeah I guess fundamentalist fundamentalist I mean there we are do you really want to do that just because of one thing I would say this. I will. I will confess this. <laughs> I had a two-week protest against Starbucks, but it only lasted two weeks. I would say about two weeks, maybe a little <laughs> bit longer. I was like, eh, let's just see. I'm not gonna go to Starbucks because I don't like that they're so wishy-washy on their inner their. Because the the one the one thing was, or the one incident they had. At least one that we know of was they arrested these two black men that the manager of the store at that store claimed that they were loitering, using the restrooms without purchasing products, and were then to a point where they called the cops and then the cops arrested them and yeah. they got all this news. Uh, it got all this 
flack in the news the, the store the company Starbucks and then they shut down stores because they needed to go through training and then recently I forget in the last six months I believe it was somewhere where the customer was upset that there was cops in the store and told the manager to ask them to leave because they didn't feel safe so they asked them to leave the cops when they were this was 4th of July they were getting their cups of coffee getting ready to go to work and it's like this customer was felt unsafe because there was cops getting Starbucks so let me let me ask you this really quick so in those two weeks did you say no to coffee no to Starbucks just no to Starbucks that's yeah. and that's my point you have other options you weren't mad at coffee because of Starbucks right that's my point with the notion of atheists or oh I see what you're saying that it's one little thing that's going to deter you. Granted, yeah, you're, you're. I guess in their frame of mind, they're aiming upward, or they're aiming for something better. Yeah. But again, this happens in religious circles and Christian circles all the time. This one verse says this thing. We're going to take it and run with it, which is completely irresponsible. It's dangerous, even. Just to go on that one verse, and we're going to remove the the context of the chapter. We're going to remove the actual book that it's Corpus, written in, yeah. And how this is, like Peterson would say, how is this one verse, this one line, hyperlinked to the rest of the Bible? And we're going to ignore all that to make our point that we're right because this verse says this one thing. Like that's a very dangerous approach to. I guess just anything, not just script. I mean, more so scripture, but I think about just, that as like a person. Yeah, like we, I mentioned earlier about Martin Luther King, all these other and the founding fathers with right. statues because they own slaves, so they're bad people. But do they do some good. It's like throwing the baby out the bathwater right, idea, right. and the you're taking the the piece for the whole, or like the well, how's that? I forget that. You're taking the hole for the the thing, <laughs> the thing in the hole. The no, piece. But that's that's what ah, I mean, I'm gonna get upset. You're gonna get stuck on. Yeah. You're stuck. it's okay. No, but, no, but that's and that's something that yeah. I think in yesterday's discussion too, right? I think I'm trying to remember who said it. I know a different example. That's what I've asked too amongst liberals. I'm like, where does it end? Your your pursuit of social justice your pursuit of equal pay for everybody or whatever it is you know where does it end because there's only so many resources we have there's only so many of x y and z that is out there that's i know it's out there it's available and yes the the righteous thing to do is to make sure yeah everybody you know has what they need but then that's going to get distorted eventually right because that's going to turn into well, healthcare is a human right. Education is a human right. Uman, Bernie would say. Yeah, that's a uman right. <laughs> Not some point out. But no, but yeah, it, it, that's that's just something where it's like, okay, where in our quest for righteousness, whether this, you believe or not, whether you believe or not, where is the self-reflection going to take place? Which I where, think we would all agree. We want people to be healthy. We want people to make enough money. We want we want all the same things. I think. Yeah, but 
my point is, eventually, doesn't everybody get me too'd? <laughs> if you really want to break it down to... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Hey, when you were in junior high, guess what? You looked at this classmate a certain way. You didn't say anything. You didn't do anything. But the fact that you looked at her a certain way... We're putting you under arrest now. Right. We're gonna get rid of you're fired. You fired. You're, you're fired. No, <laughs> another New, another New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I think that we have to well, yeah, okay. So what 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 I hear you saying in that is looking at the full timeline, I guess you could say, Big of picture. of a of a person's life and thinking about the development stages of a person, the gender or the sex of that person, and the societal norms around those factors, age, gender, sex, and then also looking at the person and all that complexity of their family, their family dynamics, their DNA com- um, makeup, and their ancestral heritage. Again, I think that's why people just look at their actions, which I think we all should look at their actions and know how to view that person. Mm-hmm. But I think in that, how do we look at that person for where they are today versus where they were 10 years ago as a high school student? Is there repentance? Is there forgiveness? Is there a road to redemption? Is the other questions that we we have to ask ourselves. And I think that's such a tough... A a tough question... A a tough conversation to be had. Because you can look at the the legal system when we think about, let's say, marijuana use. Because we talked about marijuana before jokingly that does this person who possesses or uses marijuana deserve to live in society as someone who has not committed any other crimes let's Mm -hmm. say one crime the use of marijuana just as an example Mm -hmm. I think that's something we have to as a society to think about but even on the individual level how do we I think this is getting down to like how do we view someone we always look at someone's actions, their behavior, their dress. We're always judging. We're always... Man looks at the outward appearance, yeah. but the Lord looks at the heart. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we do as humans. 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 And is it right or wrong? I don't know. Is it? There's different purposes to these... That goes, reasons yeah but that would go hand in hand with never judge a book by its cover right because then you don't know what else is going on you don't know what else did, what's the underlying cause and effect and what have you because what we can say from a scriptural lens is we're talking about earthly things versus heavenly things or we like to I would Another way of saying that is physical visible versus invisible and inanimate. The seen and the unseen. The seen and the unseen, yeah. And I think that's what we have a hard time with. 
Yeah, because that's in. It's just really easy to to just go by what we already know instead of instead of okay, what is there's more to the story? Is there more going on? When that person said that or did that, what was going on? Right? With what's the what's the context of what I know? And how does yeah? And you brought up social media before, and you said that's someone was expressing their pain or were calling out. Or we can look at when an incident happens around the world or let's say in the U.S., there's always this rush to demonize. Rush to judgment. Or what have you, yeah. When when you were saying that, that made me think of, so to speak, no, yeah. Quick to... Quick to listen, slow to speak. Slow to speak. And slow to anger, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the full... Right. And... Like, social media is totally the opposite of that. It's totally anger, and I'm going to say all the it's, things. It's definitely a reflection of uh, our microwave culture, microwave society, instant gratification. <laughs> microwave society instant. You've never heard of that, that No, one? that's funny. Really? Yeah. It's like yeah, microwave food. We just want it right now. We don't want to make it. I'm tired of waiting. That's funny. Where did you get that from? It's just a... Who coined that? I want to know. It's an idiom that I've heard for a while. Yeah. That's hilarious. Microwave society. Yeah. We want the uh, instant coffee. Instant coffee. Yeah. Drive through. We want drive through. We want fast food. Dang. That's Is it processed? Yeah, I don't care. I just need it. I need it right now. Which is... Okay, think about that. Okay, that's funny. We want things now. Amazon... One day delivery. Mm -hmm. We want gratification. We want the likes. We want people to binge notice. Watching. Binge watching. Yeah, we want to binge watch Netflix. I want instantaneously entertainment. When we think about all the big problems that we have in the world. Global warming. <laughs> racism, if you want to say racism, is a, is a huge issue. We have... What are the human um, health care as a human right? Like all these big things that we talk about now, you know, gun control, all the big topics that are out in the political discussion discourse. Those are really hard, complicated problems. We're using the microwave solution of instant, of course, yeah. solution based. This is a big problem. We got to find the fastest, quickest way of finding. A solution to this problem when those two things do not mix well at all pursue what is meaningful not what is expedient exactly think about slow that slow and steady wins the race yeah slow and steady wins the race the tortoise always wins the race isn't that so f funny <laughs> like I mean it's sad it's funny and so, yeah, it's sad, sad yeah that um so these are very very complicated issues and instead of giving into wisdom giving into um, all things considered having a mind of thinking all things considered yeah we're we're very easily manipulated by our emotions the heart is deceitful above all things what does it protect the heart 
for all things flow from it. Mm-hmm. Which is very out fascinating. Out of the mouth, all yeah. Is that fascinating? Yeah. Now that we're talking about it, I'm, I I feel like I didn't really think it think that through, but now I'm like, what? That's why it makes sense yeah. to be slow to speak. Yeah. Quick to listen, slow to anger. Because it's going to say, I was going to bring that up yesterday too, but it says that in Psalm 4? Psalm 4, 8? Or, I was going to bring it up yesterday because that was part of our, our discussion with 12 rules. Was, um, so you can find it really quick. Well, this is the NASB version. It says it a little differently in New King James. But it says in Psalm 4-4, Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. I believe in the King James or the New King James. says it a little differently. It doesn't mention trembling. It's... Finally made it to Job. Yeah, I don't say finally, but I, I'm there now. So mm. good. Yeah, Job is. I think that's gonna be a great one that everybody needs to read at least once. Just right. To I think that's yeah. I was gonna say I think that's a great of life the suffering. This is what it says in New King James: Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. So, to me, that's just giving a picture of. Yeah, you're very, you're very right in being angry. Your your feelings are valid, but at the same time, let's not rush to judgment. Let's not rush to making a decision based on how you feel today. Because there's a forget. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to botch it, but there's a saying with emails. When you're angry, when you're upset, you're better off just sleeping on it. Yeah. Before you hit send on that email, because right. you don't know gonna, how <laughs> you're going to feel in the morning. You're not the rea- what the reaction is going to be the next day. So, I mean, there's all these techniques that that <laughs> go around about count to ten. You know, we have anger anger management. Mm-hmm. We have all these classes and training around handling. You know, most emotional intelligence is a big topic nowadays. And it's like that's gonna be some some valid or it's gonna be of a high value skill for the workplace environment. It's Isn't like, that something? It's how like, is that not already a thing in management? Yeah, you know, it's like what? <laughs> like how? Like I feel like we don't listen to what we're saying or what we're doing and and realizing that we we're trying to get better as individuals and. But yet, like, want to demonize others for, like, their misbehaviors or their differing, differing views. Yeah. Does it make sense? Like, if you had true emotional intelligence, if that's what you're preaching or that's what you're all about, then you would want to have that played out not only in your professional life, but in your professional life, prof- mm-hmm. personal life. Not only do you want to teach, you know, now we have diversity and inclusion... But you want to 
not only in your prof- oh you professional <laughs> your professional life but your personal life you know it's like do you have true diversity and inclusion in your personal life like do you include the kid that no one wants to talk to in high in your high school environment or out in the park you know like do we are we truly that good and and we're saints at all times is Bernie really a socialist if he's a millionaire and he owns three or four mansions I don't know if I'm a social from a real socialist I'm not happy about that right because you should be giving that to other people at least one house come on dude <laughs> I'll, I'll take the room at the bottom just give me the yeah the, the basement of the mansion <laughs> and, I, and it's just like okay the Matthew principle right and and Matthew says for those who have more be given and from those who have none more will be taken why does it say that because that's just true compound interest how does it work right you you get it takes money to make money people that understand the difference between an asset versus a liability versus liability they understand it's just gonna keep growing because you're building all these assets there's a lot yeah there's a lot of risk involved but long-term effect is you're going to be in better shape than the person that went from one liability to the next and and it says it's better to give than to receive right I mean that in of itself should be a principle that we all uh, uh, strive for you know it's like whoa who said it was it Tulsi or was it Bernie Basically, they said that oh no, was it Marie Marie in the last debate? Marie Williamson, I think she said yeah. with Dave Rubin okay. on Rubin Report. Oh, he, she was on Rubin. Then. Yeah, she was on Rubin Report, which was interesting conversation. because yeah. he that was the most I've seen him actually uh, challenge his guests. Because okay. usually it's not a challenge; it's more of like an interview discussion. Right. And she said something. I think it was her. I don't want to be wrong about this, but. Somebody said that, yeah, that, what is it? That people won't be, like, as giving to be able to, to yeah, I think it was her that we'll be able to solve the the problems that we see in our society. That it's up to the government to be able to intervene, intervene to solve some of our societal issues. And I think it was her. Because we're, again, we're not adults, right? We need somebody to, to, to still be mommy and daddy. Yeah. We need someone to take care of us. <laughs> and and I thought, wow, like that's very illuminating. That's very telling of what your views are. Your back yeah. Of like the the people in our society, the individuals, the you know, blanket term when we know that people who are of faith are the most giving. That's why we have the Salvation Army that's why we have St. Joseph St. Joseph St. Jode we have so many organizations (laughs) yeah (laughs) like we have so many organizations and non-profits that come from a faith-based background people willing to go out like what is it um, people who grow around Peace Corps no there's the those folks who go to where there's natural disasters around the world Mm. I think it's a Christian I believe but at least someone an organization of faith. Um, was it Red Cross? Are they faith? Red Cross. Uh, thinking of Mercy Ships. 
and there's a there's a there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of so, different ones. Yeah, that, the point is is like charity water. Yeah. And, yeah. Like we know there's research out there that shows this. It's it's just true. And how many uh atheist based yeah. hospitals do you know of? Or exactly. organizations, charities. Let me not trash the. <laughs> let's just go with the agnostics then. Yeah. How, how many of billionaire philanthropists, agnostics, have renowned, you know, charity? I guess. Yeah. I'm sure there's some out there, but we don't are know. they overwhelmingly outnumbering the, the faith based? I would imagine Oops. not. I have I a sneaky suspicion. No. <laughs> You know, and it's like, okay, why are we now? Nah, like, what are we doing? I think that's the question. What are we doing? How how should we act in this world? What are our morals and belief systems? What are the axioms? What are we aiming at? What are our values? Our our guiding principles? Our missions? Our our mission? Our values? All the things that we see businesses have they all have, they all have a mission statement they all have their values they all have their core principles you know why don't we discuss this in a way that makes sense for our own lives like why do we not have our life mission what with that thought sorry i'm rambling self reflection what's the mission statement here the mission statement here with at the crossroads sorry i totally got wow. you off the back but we're talking about self-reflection and and what um, personal responsibility. I think that's a great question, though. I think we should really think about that. Well, we'll have to cover it next. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm very no, not even like for real. Like this is important because we need to know what our mission, our values, and our core principles are. To start, yeah. All right, Lee. Jeff, fun. I did. I enjoyed I did too. it. It went a lot faster than I thought. It was a lot more fluid than I thought. Yeah. Which is good. That's good. Signing off. See you all later. Bye.